As usual, we like to start by declaring the glory of the Lord. And again, please, I just say this again and again. Anything we are doing is supposed to be formed into a habit for us, not just something we do when we are here. Let's try and make it a habit for our lives. Okay? Colossians chapter 1. All right, let's start from verse 12. All right? We'll do 12 to verse 20. Okay. One to let's go. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say, what are things on earth or things in heaven? Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. That is what our faith is about. Our faith is not in our ability to pray and get results. Our faith is not in doing the right things and hoping that by that we'll, be, we'll have a good life. Our faith is not that uh, one day we will die and go to heaven. Our faith is not people's ideas of righteousness, morality, and all of that. For us, our faith is about a person. You get my point? No matter how much good, you know, the other day we were having the discussion here. Yeah, I think it was Chinedu uh, uh, asked that question. You know, we were talking about a soldier who gave himself for his commanding officer. As he, this, this really happened in northern Nigeria. They don't, this, uh, all this insurgency and all of that. As those guys ambushed them, this man's what they call a backman in the military. He blocked the, the rebels with his body and told his boss, run. So he just stood between the man and, and the bullets. So they, of course, they shot him well. They got his other to bot. The bullet hit him in the arm and all of that. But because that man blocked him, he managed to get away. Ah, so he's like, hey, is that not, you know, won't go consider that in judgment. Let's not go into the discussion we had that day now. But the conclusion of it is that our faith is not about good works. If you know those who blow themselves up, they do it, it's for a cause. Our faith is about the person, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you do all the good works, you don't know him. He won't introduce you to the Father. There are two ways to meet God. Two broad ways. All right? You say, all these other religions, are they wrong? I don't know. But one thing is, even if you were to take them on the face value, that is everything they claim, except it is true. You know, they never make any claim that they can take it to the Father. They never do. Check all of them. There is no time they will claim they will introduce you to the Father. Ekanka said they are the natural way 
back to God. If you know true Islam, the whole thing is about, let's give you a fighting chance the day of judgment. Do all these works, no guarantees. Hinduism tells you that if you do bad, one day you will return as a cockroach. I heard them teach it that what happens is that you will be given another chance at life after this one to come and repair the evil you did in the previous one. You have to pay for your sins in one lifetime and finish it. That is, you get a particular lifetime which you have exhausted paying for your sins. Which means, therefore, you'll be reincarnating eternally. Because in each period of reincarnation, you could do one. No, I've, I told you, I took, it, I took time at a point to listen to as many of them as possible and read the things that they are saying. And even if on the face value alone, none of them made the claim that Jesus Christ made. Either Jesus Christ was crazy or he was telling the truth. There's no other option. And he says simply, no one can come to the Father except by me. So all these other ways I mentioned is one way. You meet God as a judge. He will assess your life. Did you do good? Did you do bad? How much good did you do? Did you outweigh the bad? That's what the judge does. But when you come through Jesus Christ, he assesses you, that is the Father, assesses you based on the person of the Son. Whether you are in the Son or you are out of the Son. Now the judge, for your information, you can never please him. Not because he made up his mind that he will not be pleased, but because you can't. I hope you're getting my point. You can't do enough. How much does sin weigh? I read that tract more than 30 years ago. How much does sin weigh? A man was having a conversation with friends, and they believed in this first approach to God. So the man said, what you have said is very, very sensible. There's only one problem. How much does sin weigh? You don't know how much what you are doing weighs in the light of the other things you did not do or you did wrongly. So a man approached one day to enter into heaven and two angels were there at the desk <laughs> checking how well he's doing. So they got there, they said, all right, you need a hundred points to come in. This is just to illustrate. I read it somewhere too. The man said, good. I was a deacon in church, by the way. So what, do you, what have you done to get a hundred points? So the man began to narrate I used to give heavily, help the poor, and not give to my church. So the angels looked at each other. They nodded. One point. The man looked. One point. They said, yes. Everything. We've checked it. You're right. You did it. We saw where you went to Somalia, when you went to Ukraine. Saw you went to the creeks in Nigeria and everywhere. You went to Sabisa Forest, too. Saw everything you gave. Came to like 75% of your income. One point. Ah, the man said, yes. I mean, I was a good father, faithful to my wife, everything. They look at each other, they nodded, good man, good man, good man. What do you think? Two points. So they gave him two points. Ah, the man looked. Oh, I remember Pastor Bank said we should be praying for our country. I used to pray for my country. They look at each other. Half a point. Half. The guy gathered everything you could think about. After struggling and struggling, he was inching towards five points. And he's supposed to be going to a hundred. At that point, he began to panic. 
He said, hey, one more while a day. He said, hey, Jesus, please help me. They said, 95 points, added everything, 100. You can go in. You can go in. All he said was, Jesus, help me. They said, oh, that's more than enough. Oh, they just added everything. Oh, it's okay, it's okay, you can go in. All he needed was the help of Jesus Christ. All his good works, that's not what was going to help him. He needed the help of Jesus. So that's what our Christianity is about. Anybody's preaching to you is not preaching Christ. No matter how good what he's preaching is, is not right. It may appear good. There's a difference between good and the righteousness of God. That's why Paul said, paradventure for a good man. Somebody may even dare to die. There are good men. There are. But that's not the righteousness of God. Hearing is the righteousness of God revealed. It's from faith to faith. Faith in who? The Lord Jesus Christ. What is that faith? That Jesus is the Son of God who came to the earth, died for our sins, gave himself up for us, and accepting him, we give ourselves to him entirely, and we are counted righteous. Can we lift our hands and give him thanks again this morning? So thank you for the hundred points to get into the Father's presence. Thank you for bringing us in. Say, Lord, thank you for bringing me in. Say, Lord, I thank you because I'm accepted in the beloved. Father, I thank you because I'm accepted in the beloved. Lord, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Now, before we take our seats, let's take our declaration of understanding. Again, please, people of God, remember, do this regularly. In my house, my children have some instructions. Every day, before you leave your room, you recite this. And the grace too. You recite it. Alright? It's important to keep your spirits charged. So to receive the word this morning, let's take this declaration. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, the word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. If you know you have received mercy, give me an amen. Amen. If you know that you have received mercy, give me an amen. Amen. All right, let's continue studying about faith, faith fundamentals, the foundations of faith for the Christian walk. Now, this morning, I want to address an issue again. I just realized we have not studied these things enough. We'll just continue. Last, last time, I, wanted to, um, I, I tried to begin this at the end so that um, I'll remember where we were. All right? So what we are going to do, like I said, is last time I tried to teach something, I ended up talking about, I will expand a prophetic word that the Spirit says, if you want this nation, I will give it to you. And I took a lot of time, um, in fact, the whole time. At the end, I just tried my best to introduce really what I wanted to, what I planned to teach. Let's see whether the Lord will allow us to do that one today. But let me just say it again. The promised land must be taken. What did I say? The land when God gives, you go to take. I hope you get my point. That's what faith is. Faith to receive. There are three things that faith does, I found out. 
There's faith to walk with God. That is, that's the fundamental faith. And then, um, should I say three or four? Okay, let me stop counting. Let me just say, Abby. And then we'll count. Faith works with God. That's the fundamental thing about faith. And then faith is creative. Faith helps you to create and helps you to control nature. By faith, you stop the storm. You stop the waves. You stop the sun in its path. You stop the moon. That's faith. All right? Faith, most importantly, in helping, it, in helping you to walk with God, it helps to give up things. Because the aim of faith is that giving up process. That is, Adam has a natural life, and then he lays down that natural life so as to receive that which is spiritual. Now, just by the way, to emphasize that a bit, the giving up of things. You see, Adam was made, he has a flesh. Do you get my point? And if you study science, those of you didn't run away from biology classes in secondary school, or you did it into advanced level, you will know that similarity between the earthworm and the human being is great when it comes to the biology, metabolism. Then when it comes to the genes of a baboon, you know what they call a baboon? A baboon is very similar to a human being. I think the genes of a baboon and a human being, a chimpanzee, sorry, not a baboon, a chimp and a human being, up to 95% similarity. Yes, about 90, either 93 or 97. I don't want to give you the wrong figure. I keep, it's either 93 or 97. But that is, it's incredibly similar. All right? Very, very similar. There are certain enzymes, bacteria use, that human beings used to. The same metabolism in bacteria and human beings. I'm trying to go get something out here. So you see that this flesh you are seeing is not as special as you think. It's very similar to that of a monkey. And it's not because you are black. It's because you are human. Whether you are white or black is the same thing. In fact, the similarity, the difference in the genes of a white man, let's take a male, an Eskimo man, a, a, a pygmy from the Congo man, an African, a Nigerian man, their genes are 99.9% the same. So, that is whether you're tall or short, white or black, the genetic difference is almost non-detectable. We have just simple little, the difference between you and your neighbor are you getting me? It's the same as different between you and your white neighbor. So this human flesh is just all the same, basically. Alright? But very similar to that of animals. So I just want to emphasize the fact that now just again before I say the emphasis. That's what confuses those who refuse to acknowledge God. They say, can't you see? It's, it's one of the proofs for evolution. Which is very silly, but you'll see why it's silly in a moment. If you open it a Toyota Venza and open a Toyota Camry, the engine, and open a Toyota, give me another big Toyota, maybe a, 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 a Sienna, thank you, a Sienna especially, then a Highlander. You can find the same engine in all of them. Toyota doesn't have too many engines. 
They are just a few engines that they made. But they have more than 20 different brands of cars, down to Lexus series. They use the same engine. Now, does it mean a Corolla changed into <laughs> a Venza? No, answer. Does that, is that what it means? You say, ah, this is my Hilux. Used to be a hatchback Corolla. Is that what it means? My Hilux used to be a hatchback Corolla. Is that what it means? What does it mean? No, what does it mean? The same person made them. That's all it means. The only thing it means is that the same person made them. It does not mean one changing to the other. So even though evolution wants to use that, it's a very silly proof. The more obvious proof, the more obvious thing it proves, is that the same person must have made the bacteria as made the human being, if he has the same enzyme in both of them. But I don't want to believe there is God. That's an aside. So the point I'm making is this. So when Adam was made, it was not that flesh that God was emphasizing. What was that flesh? It was a place into which God was going to breathe himself. So Adam, where he's different, or where he was different from every other created physical being on the earth, was that he could receive God fully. The rest could not. The rest could receive small, small bits. God threw small things about himself in every animal. Seriously. So that's why Jesus will come and tell you, oh, the dove, God made the dove to show you how harmless a human being can be. I hope you're getting my point. What about the serpent? Wisdom, camouflage. So, little traits. And again, occasionally God will toss something inside that, an, an animal. Everybody's shocked, like donkey, we have talk. And the donkey talks. It's not usual. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah. Now, the point I make is that none of them can. If you put divinity into any animal, it will explode. You want me to prove it? Ordinary demons entered pigs. They went crazy. <laughs> they rushed into water. All the pigs drowned. Ordinary demons. They, you know why? They can't take it. If they tell you a cat in your house is possessed, if it's not dead, it's not. Look, it can just be possessed for five seconds. After that, you will see a dead cat. In a, no, it has to die. The, a possessed cat won't... When it comes to your door at night, look like it. Mm. It's not possessed, it's curious. The cat will just come. Mm. He's looking around. The eyes of a cat, they are not the eyes of a witch. No Africans still think that when you see cat and witch, it's not. I don't know how I grew up, but I've never thought the eyes of cats look funny. I thought they looked beautiful. Maybe because when I was young, we had cats. And we love the cats because they make sure you choose between rats and cats. So we chose a cat, and then <laughs> there were no rats. And every time there's no cat, the rats will come. And they even have a say like that in western Nigeria, that the cat is not around. The, house, the rats have taken over the house. What I'm going to say is that, see, but human beings are different. Human being was designed to receive God. That's why God made the elephant. He made the monkeys. He did not breathe into anyone. Once he finished making them, they, they began to breathe, be, be, breathe. The heart began to beat. But when it came to the human being, now let me ask you a question. If the baboon's heart started beating without God doing anything special, and the goat's heart started beating, God didn't do anything special, do you think the human heart would have started beating too without anything special? No, come on, no, there's no catch. Yes. Why did God therefore have to breathe into him the breath of life. It's a simple thing. 
That breath is not to give him everybody was having to come to come and without anything like that. What God breathed into man, alright, was the first step of him drinking the fullness of divinity. And the aim of God is for the whole of divinity to enter into man. When Adam failed, because you see, you can't receive God, and that's what we want to talk about today, really, until you learn to work with him properly. So what Satan did was to distract man from working with God. But then, when God was going to do it again, he brought what he called a second man. And listen, the same principle. The same principle. Jesus was born like Adam was born, empty. Having the flesh also. But this time around, God said, let me show you people something. I will train him by myself. When God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, it was after 30 years of personal training. In which Jesus deliberately laid down everything the flesh had and took in everything the father had. That's when he said, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's what it means. Which means Adam could have attained that. The aim actually was that for Adam to receive the fullness of Godhead. I hope you are getting my point. The breath that God breathed into Adam at the beginning, please follow this very carefully because it's very true, is what these days you call an operating system in a computer. Because no matter how well Microsoft makes um, the office suit, all right, they can't run unless it's an operating system. So when God breathed into Adam, this is the operating system with which you'll be able to receive divinity. With that breath of life, he could communicate with the angels. With that breath of life that he had, he could now communicate with the spirits that passed by. And most importantly, the Lord could come, sit with him, and they would talk on the same frequency. But Adam had not yet attained what God created him to attain. Please, I hope you're getting my point. What God created him to attain was now going to be laid up inside him bit by bit, layer upon layer, in which, I was saying, he will let go of the feeling of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, and take on the desire of the spirit, which we know the flesh lost against the spirit. The two of them are in what? Opposition to one another. I'll give you an example. Two simple examples. One, Animals don't work unless they are hungry. They have to have a need. I don't know whether you get my point. Look, once you see a rat gathering stick, wood, you know, cloth, everything somewhere. No, the rat is pregnant. Yeah, they do that. They have to build a nest for the babies. I hope you're getting my point. That's what I mean by need. When they are hungry, they go and hunt. They have a need. Needs propel them all the time. The reason they go to church so that they can receive something is an animal behavior. Prayer point, up night, just to receive the That's how animals behave. It is very fleshly. Human beings, because they have received God, are the ones that do other things like, you wake up in the morning, you go to work, you are rich, you have money. Food is not a problem or anything. But you just go to work. Why? You want to educate children. You want to help the society. You want to help your street. You want to coordinate people. And what are you gaining? 
It's when they ask you, now say, what am I gaining? Am I supposed to be gaining something? Which is a problem I see around, very common in Africa. I don't know whether it's like that. Lord, I know, you know, it's easy to know the fault of those who are with you. So I don't know the Australian's fault. I don't know the Chinese man's fault. But I know the African man's fault, which is what, what I find in Nigeria around me. When people say, what am I going to gain from this? When you think like that, you are behaving like what? Answer, don't be ashamed. I'm behaving like an animal. One of our brothers, he went to one state not too far from us here. I won't tell you whether it's to the north or to the south. But he went to the state and he met one commissioner for this or for that. And he gave them a proposal on how to use federal government money to get housing for all their, as many as possible of their civil servants. Show them the proposal. What we do in our company is we build houses this way. All your staff from this particular cater can get this amount of loan for Federal Mortgage Bank, and they will give them the houses with 10% contribution on their side. That's what they need to put down. The rest of our money, we will go and collect it for them from Federal Mortgage Bank. So, I mean, easy peasy. Easy does it. All they need to do is fill some forms, make sure they are they have accounts with Federal Mortgage Bank, which could open for the sum of a thousand naira, and they need to contribute for like six months, which is you contribute six thousand naira. You know, one ridiculous amount. It's actually your right as a citizen, and which being city, uh, being government workers, you likely are already contributing. We'll help you activate your accounts. We'll do all of that, and so at the end of the day, your people will just be picking up their houses after a while. So for all of this, we make our own profit on it and all of that. So the man listened to him intently. So he was just confused. So the man, my brother was, our brother, you all know who. Like, what's the problem, sir? The man said, you have not shown me what is the need for me. Yeah, this really happened. That okay. Our people will go to other houses. And then, so me, the commissioner. You know, this thing, okay, I don't know. Where does he live? When you say some of the guys, ah, you don't know human beings are wicked. Why do you think this country is still the way it is? It's simple. It's when, okay, age never be a problem. You never see. Human beings are that bad. They are that evil. And for your information, when you leave church, those who meet outside, nine out of ten of them are worse than this man. One problem you have sometimes when you stay with people that Christ has changed, you don't know what are going. Ah, you don't know what, what you don't know what I want. You are with people that they, you know. Please, can I beg you? I hope you can connect my message at the end of the day because I will see everything. Once, hey, young ladies, why am I only saying ladies? As if they are the only ones. Men too. Don't marry a man that doesn't go to church regularly. Don't. I'm begging you. When I say go to church, I don't mean say join. I mean like go to church to hear the word. I have found that no matter how small the word that's coming, it changes people. Any man who's not going to church, anyone that's not going to church to be hearing the word of God or goes to a church where they are pursuing, if you marry a man that's pursuing witches, it's as good as a man that's going to the bar. They are the same. Say he's a nice man. It's not who's nice, who's not nice. It's what they can receive. It's what we're talking about. The nice man can receive an evil spirit and kill you. Over burnt food. Don't harass us with who's nice, who's not nice. Whether you are nice or not is not the point. You can be nice, 
but demons will come into you. A woman, this, this happened more than once in this life. A woman sat in her house. She wasn't mentally sick that everybody knew. You know what she did? She waited for her five children to come home and shot them one by one. When she had finished killing them, she put on the gun and called the police. I just killed my children. You know, there are things that the society will just be confused concerning. You kill the children. So what are we supposed to do? Wake them up. We will not arrest you, okay? So what will we achieve? And this happened to be in Texas. So, right, so we will sentence you to death. You know, like, you're just confused. How do we wait? That is, everybody just confused. She didn't cry. She just shot the children one after the other. I think there were four. Yes, four. Why would she do that? I will tell you. A spirit entered her. So it's what the person can receive is what we are talking about. We're not there talking about the rules. That is what I'm telling you. Church going, I don't care how little you must go. And please carry your children to church. I don't know whether the pastor knows the Lord. Just let them read the Bible. Let them just read Psalm 1. After Psalm 1, they should read Psalm 2. After Psalm 2, they should read Psalm 3. After Psalm 3, they read Psalm 4. When you reach Psalm 150, you go back to Psalm 1. When you finish, go to Genesis chapter 1. When you don't go to Genesis, just come and read. What is happening that there's an ambience. It's called a spiritual ambience. Through which the Holy Spirit is entering into people and changing them. Do you know, okay? People outside are wicked. Get it clear? Don't be opening your mouth when I say things. <laughs> so this man, back to our gist, he just asks our brother simply, so what is in it for me? And the brother has point to be from a company where they don't give shishi. They know they give shishi. It's a guy who is not giving you a dime, even if it will save your life. If it's a bribe. He's not giving you. Even if it's going to save your life, he's not going to give it to you. So the, the brother said, well, what you gain is that it will be known that during your administration, the man enjoyed his. Now, bro, next, next, uh, that was the end of the deal. That was the end of the deal. That's flesh. That's what I'm going to explain to you. An animal doesn't go out to do anything unless it knows what he's going to gain for it. His biology is hardwired in him. He's not evil. That's just the way the animal is. And the natural human being who is not trained by the spirit of God will behave like that too. I told you two examples, right? That's my first example. Second example is another very interesting one. You see this one we preach in Christianity. A man marries one wife. Eh? And is faithful to one wife. And she's faithful to one, one man, her husband all the days of her life. It's absolutely unnatural. There's no gene that says it. It's why Kingsley was able to publish in the early 70s. I've forgotten whether he was a biologist. Who wrote a book on the sexuality of human beings? And everybody accepted it. Do you know why? Because everything he said was sensible. So he said adultery is normal. He said homosexuality is normal. He believes that sleeping around, there's no problem with it. Why? He did studies, interviewed people. Turned out later, most of the people he interviewed were either in prison or were prostitutes. prostitutes. But the methodology did not publish that, that the sample was skewed. Because if he had gone to church and interviewed the average church person, would have come up with a different conclusion. But Kingsley published this 
And the Western world adopted it as a standard for human behavior. Now, it made a lot of sense. Why? That is how normal people behave. So if you take it to a biology laboratory, things made sense. And what people don't understand is that what we preach is not natural. We're not talking about it's wrong or right. Most natural things are wrong. When we were young, we had two pets in the house, a dog and a cat. And they got along very well. I'm talking about natural behavior. They got along very well. In fact, cold days is normal to come out and see, you know, the way dog will just sit down and then the cat always looking for a warm place. We enter under the neck of the dog, call up between the neck, the chest, and the arms of the dog, and the dog doesn't even notice it's there. And they get along very, very well. And when you want to feed them, now if you know cats, they eat very slowly, they have a small body size, and and cats actually behave as if they are carnivores, but behave as if they chew. They are omnivores because they are domesticated. But I'm ready, the way they eat, all right, very slowly. Dog swallows everything. Oh, it's only when I give one big bone, I come. Had the bones don't don't shook his, you know, shook his. I don't even know. Because if you eat bones, the way dog eats, you will have died when you were like 15. <laughs> so when you are feeding them, you give a big piece to the dog, a little piece to the cat. And boom, the dog has swallowed his own. The cat is going, ta, ta. And as long as you are standing there, the dog is well behaved, very well. You won't go near the cat, don't you? Just turn your back, enter the house, close that door. You're here. He has pushed the cat to the other end and swallowed the cat's food completely. So we learned that when you're feeding them, you stay there. Just stay there, and the dog will be looking at you. Man of God. He can't. <laughs> He can't touch the cat's food. What am I trying to say? He's forced to lay down the natural for that which is spiritual because you are there. That's what I call man of God. That's why I say man of God. You are bringing divine presence to the place. So divine order does not allow the dog oppress the cat. But take away your God presence. Go inside. You will know what flesh is made of. I hope you are getting my point. So, even though some things are natural, we know they are natural. We are not denying the flesh, that is, that these things are not there. We are laying it down for that which is spiritual. Do you get my point? But the world is always trying to argue. You know, I remember many years ago, I was watching TV in Lagos. Late Pastor Bimbo Dukoya was being interviewed by one man on, well, by the host, another man or woman. There were two of them. Late Bimbo Dukoya was one. There was another man sitting beside her. And they're talking about marriage. And that day, I looked at Pastor Bimbo. And I felt sorry for her. Honestly, I felt sorry. Now, please hear what I'm saying fully. I'm not insulting her. She was sounding so unreasonable. So foolish. A natural person would have said, this woman is crazy. And yes, she sounded like that. Yes, she did. The other man was making a lot of sense. If the woman just annoyed people, always you just get up and walk away. And he gave examples again and again. Why you should divorce your husband and your wife easily? And person was when they asked her, she said, You see, you see. And she was trying to I just say, I just married that time. My wife and I were watching together. I said, Yeah. Poor woman. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. 
you are here expounding the things of the spirit to natural people. It is only spiritually understood. You know, the Bible says they cannot. You don't understand. It cannot. So that they are so hard struggling to teach dogs how to talk. I saw her struggling to persuade the baboon how to, to, to talk. It was impossible. You are talking to natural people. Certain things don't make any sense unless you are in the spirit. So when people, people have asked me questions before. You know, of course, people get into argument, discussions every time on monogamy, polygamy. I say, listen, there's no... Solomon told us, the pleasure of all men is what? Many concubines. Look. Is flesh. But we lay down that which is natural. And we take on that which is spiritual. That was what Adam was supposed to do. That was what God's plan was. That was his, that was his plan. The one I'm making now, what does faith do? Faith helps us, alright, to work with God to achieve this. It helps us to lay things down. You know, I was counting things that faith does? Yes. That's one thing it does. It helps us to lay things down, natural things, so that we might take up that which is spiritual. So we work with God regularly on a day-to-day basis. That is what faith actually, the kind of faith we are supposed to have fundamentally, to be able to work with God on a day-to-day basis, to please him in all respects, regularly. Now, what happens afterwards, this is important for you to understand, is that when the time, remember I said faith creates and controls nature. The faith that does that, listen to me carefully. I've reasoned about it. I've studied scriptures. The faith that does that does not reside in anybody. The mistake we make, sometimes we'll come and, you know, I've seen people, I said listen to one man a few days ago, talking about it as if, as if it was a common sense thing, you should understand. As a child of God, oh, you know, you have the power to create. And then you just speak this and it comes into existence, you know, by faith. And, uh, well, brethren, <laughs> one of the things I've learned when Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. When it's becoming difficult, check whether it's his yoke. We use some of those things. We learned to do this in school. After many years, say, God, come on. Excuse me. Are we right? Some of us are not right. The way things are not. I mean, how many of you have caused, okay, this son has refused to stand still again. In the last 4,000 years, Jesus did not stop this son one time. Why are you not stopping now? So nobody on earth with that kind of faith? Does Joshua look like he had the kind of level of faith of Abraham? This is where I'm going. See, the faith that really creates, the faith that stops the son in his tracks, I found out, is always, always imparted by God at that moment for that need. Is what Paul called faith by the Spirit. Talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I hope I'm not, I hope some people won't think I'm undermining people's faith, but I'll tell you the truth. Don't worry about that kind of faith. You know, exercise yourself for the regular faith that walks with God daily, striving to please Him in all respects, to bear fruit in every good work. Strive for that faith. Exercise yourself on that one daily. The faith that just reads scriptures and says, this is my portion. That says, that which is natural, I will lay it down. Sometimes we'll tell people, you know, when they say, honor your father and your mother. You know what it means? I'll tell you. It means that naturally you will not honor your father 
It means naturally your mother will annoy you and you will walk out on them. And you see what happens in many places where people are not trained, they don't go to church. When they talk to their father, sometimes you wonder, who are you talking to? You have to be trained to talk to your father. It's a divine thing. You know bingo? No bingo, bingo. Snoop Doggy. Dog. Doesn't honor the father. Doesn't even know who the father is. Snoop will sleep with the mother. That's dog. The dog. Bingo. All of you are looking at you don't know what they call dog. <laughs> that canine in the homes. If he grows up there and you leave the mother there, once it's time, he doesn't care who's who. Human beings don't do that. It's a vestige. No matter, look, it's a remnant of divinity that's with us. So when he says, honor your father and your mother, that's where I'm going. It's not natural to honor fathers. It's not natural to honor mothers. You see what I'm going to arrive at. Now, some, for some people, it's easier to honor the father, fathers. For some, it's easier for them to honor the mothers because they feel a sense of debt. I owe you. Why? Come on. You went to school. He, she, they provided food, shelter, education. So it's more like a payback thing. Do you understand? So when they say, oh, no, your father or your mother, it sounds natural to you. But please, you're not the first to be taken care of like that, and yet they don't honor their fathers and their mothers. You go to many of these Western worlds, it's normal. Once you leave home, your father is supposed to take care of himself. Your mother is supposed to take care of herself. Okay? And again, small digression. I've taught it here before. Many times, people, they don't, you know, the word of God is to be taken in its entirety. People want to pick, 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 and then the world will tell you what is good, and then they tell you what is right. You, know, you don't know that God planned everything together. So the world will not have its own system outside the system of God. I taught it here the other time that you see we have um, orphanages. It's very ungodly, very unscriptural. Now, I'm not saying cancel orphanages. I'm saying they should not have been necessary. Orphans should have had homes all over the place. In fact, right now is a whole useless procedure. People are looking for babies to adopt and there are orphanages. You're wondering, how does it work? It's Satan. It's a, it's a satanic principle. They have old people's homes. Why? Why should we have old people's homes? The old people, where are their children? Now, why did they have it? Because a lot of Western culture taught us something. When you left the children out of the home at the age of 18 and all of that, by the time you are old and infirm, they don't know you. They expect the state to take care of many things. But what God has said is children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is a reward. And it is actually a blessing to have a quiverful. So if that couple had many children, are you getting my point? It will not be no stress for those children to take care of them. But when you preach that you need only one, who you train to just save for his own retirement, when you are sick, it's a headache for him. It burdens him. But God said, if he had followed my principle, there are problems you guys are solving. Laying up treasure for your retirement will never have been a problem. It will have been a system where the commandment is honor your father and your mother. You know what God said? When, when he said that, your father must never need pension. Your mother must never need aid from government. It's a commandment. I don't have time to discuss it now. But Jesus made it clear to us that was the commandment of God. That your father should never need pension and your mother should never need aid from government. That is a curse. 
He said, if it happens, it will not be well with you. There are prayers you pray that it might be well with you. I'm telling you the truth. Say, God bless me so that I can take care of some people. But, you know, the world said, no, no, it's not like that. It's not like that. Eh, just make it look as if their system of God was corrupted. They are bringing up a system that God took care of, but they messed it up. I hope you're getting my point. I'm talking about the natural and what? The spiritual. So, faith. I look into the word. I walk with the word regularly. That's the faith I need. Then when the time comes for big faith, the kind of faith that stands at the side of the river and just walks past without thinking, walks across the water. The kind of faith that looks at the moon and says, stop in your tracks and the moon stops. The kind of faith, like one man testified, he fell over a bridge. He didn't see the sign. He drove, he kept on driving, not know the bridge had collapsed. And he drove over the bridge. As the car was falling, as the car was falling, he shouted. The car halted in the air and reversed back onto the road. And there were eyewitnesses. And people now say, see, he's a man of faith. You know, he nonsense. For it to happen, faith had to be released. There's something called faith by this. God will push into him. Suddenly, something in him will freeze. And look at the car and say, back up. And the car froze in the air and reversed. And went back onto the road. And there were eyewitnesses. Told you the man, this one, I know him personally. I heard him give the testimony by himself. He was driving, he didn't have a spare tire. Those days before the days of tubeless. He started, you know, those days when your tire wants to go down, it goes down. Not the one that you just said, just put small air, you know, this is what we do these days. You know, by the way, my tire has been leaking for the last maybe four months. One day the organizer said, let's repair this thing now. I said, I don't have time. Because once you put air back in it, I have three more weeks. <laughs> After three weeks of so of driving all over the nation, I just the light on the dashboard will show low pressure. Top seat again. The man said, because I go to the same man. The man said, okay, let's fix this thing. I promise you've been pumping this thing for the last three months. Did I complain? <laughs> but the time to loosen the tire and all of that, it's just my issue. Now, I'm just telling you the kind of tires we use these days. I remember the first time I heard of tube layers. I said, is that possible? Why would you want to put tube in a tire? But now we'll see the advantage. That man had the old kind of tire. He was driving. The tire went down. He felt it as the tire went down. And somebody pointed out to him, your tire. So he looked. Car, he didn't have a spare. He was hurrying somewhere. So the tire, get back up. The car righted again. Tire inflated. He continued going. So that day, his secretary was in the car with him. When he got to the office, she came down, looked at the car, tire, knelt down, gave her life to Christ there. That's faith by the Spirit. It's faith by the Spirit. Look, I don't want you to discourage yourself, because many people now, you'll be driving, your tire will go down. Look at the tire. Anything you have to speak tongue for, you don't have the faith. So leave this thing. Tell you. Anything you have to speak tongues, you don't have the faith. This car got this tire. In the beginning was the word. What was God? What was God? You know? <laughs> Bros, you ain't got the faith. Leave that thing. Call the organizer. Just call the organizer. <laughs> now, where am I going? 
So those faith things, all right? The faith is breathed, is infused. It's not labored for. What we labor for is the faith that enters into rest. It's the faith that works with God on a daily basis. It's the faith that seeks to please God, to lay down that which is natural and take up that which is spiritual. You work for that daily. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about today. You work for it regularly. And you pray to God to give you the spirit of faith when it will be necessary. I hope you're getting my point. No, that spirit of faith, it comes. That faith by the spirit. It comes. You did not plan it. You know, this morning I woke up early to just read, you know. I said, the Holy Spirit, thank you, read that thing again. I didn't think of that like that. I just said, let me just read. I started reading Hebrews chapter 11. Because some, there's something I've been saying again and again. I read that Hebrews chapter 11 again, and it became clear to me. That when Paul was writing, Paul wrote Hebrews, I believe so, all right? Just my own, I have my reasons, but when Paul was writing, he's, he kept on emphasizing something. And I found out that there, every faith Paul discussed in Hebrews chapter 11, every single one of them had a word from above. Most of us, this is what we think faith is. I have a desire. And then, I make up my mind the exact thing that I want. I take it to God. And I say, stamp it. And he does. And every day I'm declaring that he has stamped it and it must happen. And I say, it's faith. It's not faith. All through, I went there. Go and read it yourself. Hebrews chapter 11. Every single one of them, when Paul said, by faith they did this, what he meant is that in obedience to divine instruction. Just put that in Hebrews chapter 11, you will get the point. Every time he said it, you will know that he was saying, in obedience with divine instruction. I'll give you an example. Enoch, in fact, this interesting part. There were two things he said about Enoch. Very interesting. Enoch's faith. There are two faiths there. You will see he spoke concerning Enoch. The first one, then he now went back to the, now I want to say in a funny way, to the older and more broad-based one. But the first one is that Enoch, by faith, was taken up and did not see death. He now said, before he was taken up, he also had another testimony. What was the testimony? That he pleased God. He now said, and we know that what? That without faith, it is impossible to please God. So he talked about two kinds of faith for Enoch. He said, number one, by faith, Enoch was taken up and did not see death. And before that being taken up, he had a testimony that he pleased God. And we know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. What does that tell you? Enoch walked with God. One faith. And he was not because what? God took him. Second faith. Did you catch that? Yes, sir. You walk by faith with God. Then one day, by faith, God will take you. Then I found that the Bible is very clear. It explains itself. How did that Enoch taking up happen? He, later on, he took another man. What's his name? Elijah. This time around, he gave us details on how Elijah was taken. You want to hear the truth? Exactly how Enoch was taken. And Enoch was not taken by surprise. It wasn't like he told his people, I'm coming, let me go and buy something in Ogwete. Then he gets to Holy Ghost, you know, the bus stop. He came down, boom, he disappeared. Then his wife went to police. And then they checked the CCTV covering that district of Enugu. And they noticed that he entered this bus with a number 
you know, bus number S112. And then the bus stopped here. They saw him come down. Then before his second foot hit the ground, they didn't see him again. And they've been watching that CCTV footage for the last one year, trying to see what happened in between. And finally they said, God took him. No. Go and look at Elijah's case. What happened in Elijah's case? Elijah knew. The prophets knew. And Elijah told Elisha, the day has come when I will be taken up. And they went from, I mean, mix it up, Jericho to Bethel to Gilgal. They were going from one place to the other, and he was having a conversation. Why will he go from Jericho to Bethel to Gilgal? Which did they go to? I mean, correct it, please, in case I missed the order. All right? Why? It is simple. As the Spirit was directing him. Go here, go here. He got to the water, he brought out his mantle, struck the water, it opened. Why was he doing that? He had clear court instructions. He followed the instructions and God took him. You want to know the truth? Exactly what happened to Enoch. Enoch was working with God regularly and he does that by faith. Then faith to be taken up was breathed and it came how? How does God breathe such faith to be taken up? Instructions. Faith comes by what? Hearing. God will give a word. They hold that word. Faith fills their heart. They obey the word. And what is prophesied comes to pass. The parents of Moses did not pray to have a redeemer for Israel. The best they did was to pray for the redemption of Israel out of Egypt. Then the spirit came to them one day and said you will bear a son. When the child was born, they saw it was a beautiful child. The word beautiful in scripture just simply means, it doesn't mean that, look, this boy is going to wake up and become Mr. Universe. No. He's going to grow and become Mr. Universe. It doesn't mean that. What it simply means is that there is a purpose for his life. It was clear to them, just like Manoah heard the word when something was going to be born. Exactly what happened to Jezebel and her husband, that look, this is what is going to happen. So how do we take care of this boy? In the face of these circumstances, the pressure from Pharaoh and the Egyptians. He said, when is this particular age? Put him. Look, angels used to do that. The angel will come, communicate the word of God to them, that they will believe that which is unseen. Believe that which is invisible. And for that reason, they took the child, put him there, and the child went into the house of Pharaoh as God commanded. Then we came back into their house for upbringing. And then again, they gave Moses the instructions of God. And because of that, by faith, he realized that I do not belong in the house of Pharaoh. But I'm supposed to be a redeemer in Israel. Now, when he misunderstood the process of redemption for the nation, God now did something. He kicked him out and said, you go into, where did he go now? The wilderness. And he got to Jethro. That's in Midian. And he stayed there for 40 years. And the Bible tells in Hebrews chapter 11 that he didn't leave because he was afraid. He left by faith. What does that tell you? There was a divine instruction. I hope you're getting my point. What am I going to say? You cannot be using a goju to do what God has not spoken clearly about and claim it is faith. Many of us read like this. By desire that they did not change their minds about. By desires that they decided to find any scripture that can support it. They made the, No, that was not what those people did. That was not what those people did. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They are Jewish names. Or they are Hebrew names. They looked at the king and said, Live long, O king. We will not be careful to answer in this matter. Our Lord, our God is able to deliver us. What's the next line? And he will. Now listen to me. That's the many of us made the mistake. We think they desire deliverance. And they confess deliverance. No, people of God, that was not what happened. The real thing that happened, they said, even if he will not deliver us, we still will not bow. That was working with God's faith. But answering the king and telling him he will deliver them, you want to know the truth? That was the spirit of faith. So what do you call the spirit of faith? Now, another thing in the scripture you must understand, when we use the word spirit, when Jesus needed it, an angel came and strengthened him. When those boys were in prison, an angel came and strengthened them also. And that angel was visible in the fire. I hope you're getting my point. Look, people of God, you see where I'm going. I'm preaching on how to increase your faith. Now, they were not believing God. They will not die in the fire. That's not it. That's not the real faith. The real faith, the real faith is that they were ready to die in the fire. I don't know whether you're getting my point. The real faith is that those men said, please, oh, guys, and how do we know? The moment they were entering into Babylon, they had a fellowship of at least four people, Daniel and the three of them, who encouraged one another, seeing that the day is evil or was evil. By the way, anyway, I've never failed in this. Anybody that forsakes the assembly of brethren, they're always backsliding, usually. They're already backsliding. And the backsliding will show in their life as time goes on. Please, I'm not begging you to come to Kingdom World Ministries. You know the kind of person I am. Probably I join us online. But if you don't have a company of believers that encourage your faith, the devil is going to chew you. He will chew you. That is, the devil will just wake up in the morning and say, give me a liver. Is your liver disgusting? Is your liver? You just wake up one morning and say, ah! Oh, I feel like picking my teeth with ribs. And it's your ribs he wants. And God will let him have it. One of the things that, look, go and read, go and, wild animals. I do these things, they, they show spiritual things. One of the things they do, when you have a herd of, maybe, warthogs, no, warthogs run solo. Maybe like, give me buffaloes, yes. And, um, you know, uh, no, I don't want to lie, I want to pray. Yes, thank you, and all of that. What the lions want is to separate one from the head. They, they, they have to separate it, him from the head. If you are part of the head, it's a problem for them. Hyenas are useless in that they wait for the weak ones to slow down so that the, the head will leave them behind. Most of these white animals, as much as you think that they, they, are, they have power, let me tell you what they do. They separate an animal from the pack. They come in a pack. I heard that a giraffe, you know what they call a giraffe? The kick of a giraffe can crack the skull of a lion. So lions are very careful to kick away from their kicks. And they attack the giraffe as a pack. It's very tall. They try to get one alone and then separate. Satan does it till now. Satan does it till today. Please, people of God, go to find when they say find the living church, that is not a joke. Find the living church. They didn't say find the happening church. Some of us are looking for a church where we can wear high heel to. That's true. You know, people go to church for silly reasons. 
I like the way the pastor talks. Man, the guy is fine. Are you a mad woman? <laughs> you didn't go to church because of pastor, we're fine. He don't marry you. Are you crazy? You know, he don't just say, pum, 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 pum. Ah! They just annoy me. Now see them in, in, on Sunday. City Sake Keda taking them to church with their shoes in a bag. Come down from the, the bus stop, walk to the church, and read the church. They can't remove, they can't wear. <laughs> <laughs> Walking like you want to fall down. Nonsense. Listen, I'm not saying she don't go to church, that is fine, but that's not the reason why you go to church. No, that's not the reason why you go to church. Some of you, God will hold you responsible for your problems in this life. You know why? No, just watch it. You know what it's going to do? Just say, you, say you. I'm sorry. We are talking sometimes. But I have to tell you the truth. You know, this is Nigeria. We have to use Nigerian English, which is very advanced, to tell people things. Go, go, go look and say, you, your head is not correct. Say why? I took you to a group of people. Women like yourself. They gather together, maybe every week. Maybe it's a church. They are small. They, they, they share the word of God. They read Psalm 1. But they are not aware of what Kim Kardashian is wearing now. They are not aware. Then you didn't like them. Why? You know, they don't help. They don't, they don't open your eyes, you know. Then you go to another group. Because I was sitting and sitting will tell you, come, come. I have one nice church for you. When you enter like this, eh, the, the pastor drives, you know, a G-class. Fine. Clean. His wife shops from Italy. She doesn't wear all this nonsense Things from Monica and uh, Abba and uh, no, you see her shoe. No, this is not from Italy. <sighs> uh, you know the leak mouth when you see another, a woman. You see another man wife. It's like one day I will be like this. They all they do in the church. <laughs> one lady told me something once. She came here actually. Later on, she was not giving me gist of some things her experience in the church. She used to go to and all of that. And in my mind, and you see, go to that church. Oh, she has stopped at that time. I'm like, how did you endure that? I tried to pursue her to join us here for Bible studies. She came once, talked to me about a few things, and then every time I saw her, I ah, have her. We didn't see you again. Anyway, one day, I heard that she was dead. And I was like, I was really, really shocked. The only thing I just remember is that this young lady, I tried to drag you. Come and just fellowship with people. Just sit down. You understand? Talk to people. They were not telling me things about her later. No, that I shouldn't. I should forget the way she was looking outside. But inside, things were not good. Things were dark, depression. Ah, in my mind. But this was what God was using me to do. Say, come, just come. You see, there's not much. There's one thing Pastor Kemuti does to people. You come for counseling. He looks at you. You finish telling him all your life's problems. It's okay. This is his prescription. I told you that the guy is not nice. I've told you before, right? Good. That is his prescription, that he will see you in the Bible study on Saturday and Tuesday for six months. Then you will talk after. You want to know the truth? Perfect prescription. The will of God prescription. He's not asking you for enough. You know what people want? He will meet you twice for prayer. And then the third day of the prayer, you bring a seed. He doesn't want your money, but he needs to break some things. Then he will not declare. And when he sees your face, he prophesies. That's what people want. But he looks and says, no, 
Come and sit down here. Don't do anything. Just sit down. Hear the word that we're teaching. Join our prayers. We pray. This number of times we come for discussion on Fridays. And then in six months, that, that's how bad this prescription is. In six months, we know the truth. Almost everybody that follows this prescription realize they do, need, they do need counseling. They do. They realize they do need counseling. Because even once after hearing the word for two, three months, they are looking for the problems, they can't find it. The ones they can find, they know the solution. And so, why God will hold some people responsible? I've seen people do it. They will abandon. Why? Because, you know, it's so funny. There are people, one pastor told me once that people don't come to their church because they don't have a church building. I said, you are looking for those who will come to your church because you want, you have a church building. Are you sure you are serious yourself? Did you catch what I said? That a pastor is concerned that people are not coming to his church because he doesn't have a building. And I'm looking like, excuse me. They go, so they check who, where you, I don't know what I, I'm like, I'm confused. Now, please, if you want to follow me when I have a building, don't want you near me. What kind of nonsense is that? People concerned. People actually do that. Say they go to a church because they go, <laughs> you know, pastors will decorate church to encourage people. You know what Jesus said? When you went into the wilderness to go and see John, what did you expect to see? He said you want a man in fine robes and all of that. He said those who wear fine robes are in king's palaces. So what did you go to see? You went to see a prophet. A real prophet. And I tell you of all men born of women, there's none that's as great as John the Baptist. And since the time of John until now, the kingdom of God, John was a standard. And who did not go there? Pharisees, when they always have been nice to so seeker-friendly services, John didn't have it. John comes and says, you brood of vipers. That's how John will answer you. Say, ah, you come, church. <laughs> who warned you to flee from the judgment to come? He said, listen, the axe is already laid down the root. The guy threatened everybody they came for baptism. People are going to church because of the church is fine. If you're a pastor, people come to you your church is fine. They are not born again. See, I'm not trying to, I'm telling you the truth. They are not born again. <laughs> one day, one lady <laughs> came to Enugu. She came from Abuja or something. She has been, you know, she's a kingdom world person. Been following us for a long time, but this doesn't know Enugu well. But finally, she asked me to do in Enugu. She said, ah, I must go and see Pastor Banki. I must go to kingdom world. Then she took direction. Took direction. Got to that our former place. You know that staircase looks like <laughs> the, the narrow part. You know that the narrow is the gate, that li- and it's literally narrow. And so two people go shift like this to pass, and she wind, 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 reached up, reach and see a normal door. We be like front of somebody's house, normal door. Open the door, enter the place. She bursts into laughter. <laughs> so this is where they are. <laughs> that is, she confesses herself. That's how come I know. I heard the story. Say she was surprised. What? This is all of you people. <laughs> he didn't discourage her. The judge said, look, what he going to send me? It was, in fact, I didn't even know how bad things were. Because, you know, I come early and I stay till we finish. So I didn't know the number of people couldn't get in. How parking was a problem. Because I come on time, I get a place to park, and then I go upstairs, I sit there, I enter my office, come out, teach the word. Then by the time I'm coming, everybody has gone. 
I thought we were having peace. I did not know there was trouble. That we were fighting downstairs over way to power who blocked my motor, who didn't block my motor, all kinds of things. That was when we now finally said, no, we have to move. God now opened the door, and then we now came to where we are right now, you know? Now, the point I'm making is that, yes, people kept coming. So people are now saying that, no, if, you don't, if the church is not like this, it's not like that. So the wife don't come to our church, it's not air-conditioned. I said, John was not even body-conditioned. I hope you're getting my point. You're talking about air-conditioned. Please, let me summarize what I'm saying in that, all right? What I've said about that so far. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with Daniel, they had a fellowship where they encouraged one another. That's the point I'm making. That's where they were together. You think Shadrach just said, I will not bow on his own? He looked at uh, Meshach, how far? He said, I'm not, two of us not bowing. You know, it's easier than one person not bowing. Three of them said, we will not, ah, it was easier. That fellowship prepared their heart to receive that spirit of faith. That's what I'm making. Please, you want to know how you are, the first sign that you are lost, you don't have anywhere you gather with brethren. I'm not saying church. Are you getting my point? Yes, but there must be brethren that together you pray, you encourage one another with the word of God. Of course, church is very important. I hope you're getting my point. But I'm just trying to say that, don't say that I've gone, you know, because people now, these days, hmm, I you know your guys now, in Laodicea. Laudation, brethren, please, don't take this person out, but you have to correct your ways. You come to church, conveyor bed service. You know they call conveyor bed service? That's how all of you just come in. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Then, <laughs> choir is five minutes. No, uh, opening prayer is five minutes. And five minutes of speaking in tongues alone. Nothing else. By the way, if you go to church, all you do is speak in tongues. They don't say any other thing. You have not prayed. I know you think you prayed in the spirit. You did not pray. Communal prayer should teach and instruct and encourage. That's why Paul said, I'd rather say one word in my understanding than ten. Or is it a thousand? How did he say? Ten than ten thousand words in other tongues. Even though the man believes in praying in tongues. The point is that you have to hear what I'm saying. You have to know what we are praying about. We can't be praying for election. We'll finish praying. They will not go outside and be talking nonsense. Why? We did not know what we prayed about. Because Holy Spirit prayed for us, then we killed this prayer outside. <laughs> People don't know it's possible. You can come to church and say, let's all join hands. Let us pray. The election is coming. Pray. I don't want you to pray in your understanding. We want to kill what the Spirit is doing. Okay, fine. Holy Spirit, okay, fine. Me, I can pray. I don't have any other job. Well, come now. Hey, come on. Then we go outside. This country is finished. We must vote for this man. Otherwise, Holy Spirit said, this was not what I said inside there. When I was praying for you people, all right, to the Father, I ask for this, this, and that. You people are now praying in a satanic, discussing a satanic way outside. Because those that fear the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord heard. So the thing you are saying to yourself, the Lord is hearing you. So, pastors, please take instruction in this. If you want to pray communally, let somebody that has understanding. There is nothing, there's nothing wrong with writing it down. Put the scriptures. And they say, brethren, we are praying for the country. This is what the Lord said. That he is a governor amongst the nations. You quote that from Psalms. Daniel said he rules in the affairs of man. The heart of the king is the hand of the Lord. Right? Read those things out. Then you read the fact that a king must rule in righteousness. You read all those things out. You read the fact that the purpose of a nation, read from the Jeremiah, explained that pray for the, you know, you just read those scriptures. Say, for that reason, Lord, we ask, according to your word, 
give us a leader that's like this, that's like this, that's like that. You are the one that knows the heart of man. We don't. That is why it is not right. It's totally ungodly for you to mention the name of any man when you are praying that prayer. You know why? You don't know his heart. You are the type that will pray to God to give you Absalom. And you don't know Solomon is coming. Absalom will have romanced you, robbed He knows where to touch your stomach. He's a great king. <laughs> Absalom knew what to do. You now go and say, give us Absalom. That's how you follow Adonijah. When you finish praying like that, when you get outside, when you want to talk, you will not be able to inactivate your own prayer because you know what you said. Again, that's an aside. So back to your funny laudation, apostle, your laudation church. Now nah, they talk. You come five minutes, call up, blah, 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 blah. in Jesus' name, amen. Next thing, choir comes up. Seven minutes, they don't press key. They quickly stop. Oh, no, no, they start with, after they say, let us worship time. After you have done job around for five minutes. How do we worship you? Puyaka, puyaka, do we want it? Because you are singing slow, you think it's worship. God, they're looking at all of you. Hmm. Then pastor now comes in. 30 minutes message. In the middle of a word, he looks at his time, 30 minutes, he stops. Why? Conveyor belt. One hour, 15 minutes later, you have had the whole Sunday service from there to your various cars. You've driven to your various homes. So go and start suffering for the next one week. And you say you went to church. Very, verily, verily, I say unto thee, thou didn't go to serious church. That's minimal church. Better than zero. You know, we say just go to church. Better than zero, but that is not going to carry you far. When they say bow, you will, before they say bow, you are already on the ground. <laughs> Brethren, you need a church where you will go and they will waste your time. People want church where they don't waste time. If your church doesn't waste your time, they are not blessing you. You need a church where they waste your time. The man supposed to lead prayer, he forgets that there's a clock. You need that. No, I'm telling you. You need a church where when you go in the morning, you don't know when you are coming. Coming back, you don't know. Just go in the morning, say, time to pray. Ha, you know, say, who's praying? Hey, Brother Steve. <laughs> you remember Brother Steve? I didn't say he's sitting in front of you. That's he's sitting in front of <laughs> And he holds the microphone. He says, oh, Quarry. He says, is he preaching or praying? I don't know. <laughs> he will stay there and pray. Ah, after the prayer for like 13 minutes, he says, ah. your friend that came, he says, is that your pastor? He says, no. He's not your pastor. <laughs> <laughs> then why was he preaching and talking for so long? He just said, calm down, calm down. He just did in prayer. And Nathan Abbasin now brings out his uh, saxophone. <laughs> In first place, for five minutes, never talk to you. No, let me pray for you. May you go to a church that Chris Devan is a guest minister. <laughs> oh, my father. See, the first one hour, he's still telling you. It, no, he has those people that follow him about. Behold the Holy Ghost. Behold the Holy Spirit. Behold, I forgot the lines. The Holy Ghost from heaven. They are still singing. He, he just pacing up and down. And now joins the song. People are still singing 45 minutes. You are worshiping. You never begin preaching. You are just worshiping. One hour, you are still worshiping. 
finally starts talking about God. He has not started preaching, no. Tells you about the Lord Jesus Christ. The power of creation. Tells the power in this power that the power in the blood. He now started preaching. No? So at the end of one and a half hours, we've just finished the post-praise worship worship by your preacher for the day. Then he starts preaching. And if he doesn't finish everything he has to say, you are not going home. You need a church like that. You need a church where William Connie is a deacon there. You know, say all the sin in your life don't finish. Your flesh will live. You know, Billy Akone will tell you, your flesh must die. If he doesn't want to die, just sitting down there, you will die. There's no need to. Just hearing him preach to you for six hours, why won't your flesh die? People of God, you need a church like that. Where you will sit down, you are the mercy of the ministers. They will lead you in prayer. They will lead you in worship. Then they will teach the word. Then when they finish, you will now go outside and be greeting each other for another one hour. So the time you are going home, you know you came at 8 in the morning. It's 3 o'clock. It's even best. Oh God, if you're a pastor, try this one. You know how people can buy food around tables. So that, why rush home? What are you rushing to do? Different families gather, mix together, and share food. As a pastor, you can even subsidize it to encourage people. That by the time they blow, you say, look, even if we're at home, we won't spend less than this. But now we don't have to cook it. Part of the offering money they have brought. I'm telling you, make them sit outside there and just be talking to one another. You know, I mean, some of you have been with me to, uh, to look up. When we eat, you know, the first time my pastor came with a came, you know, he came out of a, a structured church where the regional pastor, when you want to, even if he's in front of you, you look up, thinking he's up. So when he came there that day, so he saw Pastor Courage sit and put his food on the floor. And they are eating and say, eh, is that so? Are you serious? Are these men of God? Men of God, yeah. you know, people just sit down there, they are just eating, they are yapping each other, they are talking to each other, and then they, they are eating rice from leaves. Some people say, I beg, bring me water, but I not like to chop about with cutlery. They wash their hands so I can mend their about well before I, yeah. And this is a man of God. You know, some people say, Men of God eat in secret. I don't know what they say like that. That first time he followed me to look up, the guy was like, what? Are you people normal people? He said, no, 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 no. He said, no, I know the point. So us, it was normal. I've always been like that. Everybody's, literally, you put your, I mean, table did You put your plate on the ground, hold one in the hand, go down. You know the way we do it. Go <laughs> <laughs> down, cut No, you need something like that. Fellowship with brethren. This has been shown to reduce heart disease. That, that's, we have not prayed, though. You have not even prayed. Just fellowship with brethren. Heart disease has gone down. But when you are in Laodicea, as soon as you come out, everybody's entered their E class, C class, and then that's a sign. Oh, see that church is a prosperous church. It's a dead church. Jesus said that you don't know you are poor, you are blind, you are miserable, you are wretched, you are naked. That's how he described them. Why? Because they don't have all these things. 
leave home in the morning by 7, you are back by 9, say you went to church. Meanwhile, you spent one hour of that in traffic. How rubbish is that? That's not church. I'm talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how their constant faith worked. They are the fellowship of brethren. People, they just come together. They say they come to pray. They just talk. Give a testimony. So that day, my wife said, kind of, he annoyed me so much, I left the house. Hey, bros, next time, they don't leave the house. What's your problem? You've been married for eight years. You're still behaving like this. Just like a small joke. Mm-hmm. Say, relax. Say everything they say, you will notice. And the one will jokingly quote the scripture for you, tell you a story, how you overcame all this problem. And then I said, you don't know you have been encouraged. You know what usually happens such times? The evil spirits would go outside and leave you people alone. Because evil spirits, you know, they like to talk to you when you're alone. You know, did you see Satan waiting for Adam to travel? He came, he looked around, Eve was, not, Eve was alone. Hey, madam, please, can I talk to you? Has God really said? Say, what are you saying? Well, otherwise, check that Adam will show up. Because if Adam shows up, that conversation is over. The woman needed to eat before Adam will come back. Just by coming like that, just talking with people, you just drop one small thing. And then, let me say something to you about gifts of the Spirit. People think gifts of the Spirit only work when we're in fellowship. I love you, I've worshipped. Oh, open your heart. Is the Lord saying anything to you? If the Lord is saying something, come forward right now. That works. I hope you get my point. But many times it works also. You don't even know anything is happening. You just talk normally. The Holy Spirit enters somebody's mouth, gives you a word of wisdom concerning what to do. I gave you the testimony of one of the ways God confirmed that I had to come to Enugu. I never considered the idea of coming to Enugu all my life. I just finished my residency program. I just got married. By the time I was married, I didn't know where my wife and I would go. It was after the wedding. That my friends said, ah, thank you. Have you thought about, if you would mention that to me, I'm like, ah, this idea. Ah, this person said it. This person said the other deal. And one guy came from Enugu here. He said, ah, why did you come to our place in Enugu? Ah, I'm like three different people saying the same thing. So I turned it to a matter of prayer. Could it be that God wants us to go to Enugu? So my wife and I will discuss it. Now, where I'm going is, how did God confirm it? I met a brother downstairs. And we're just beating each other. I had not seen him in literally years. Hey, how have you been? You know, just gisting. Then gist dried up. Then out of the blues, he just said, Ah, Enugu, such a nice place. A place you like to live, a place you like to raise a family. I was looking like, Ah, how did this guy know? Yeah, he didn't know. He didn't know when the Holy Spirit took over his tongue. I'm sure he wondered, said, Why am I talking like an idiot? He didn't know. He had just spoken the word of God. That was how I knew that the Lord was telling us, Yeah. Oh boy, oh girl, off to Enugu. It was not the church service. We didn't have our hands raised in worship. We didn't have Nathan Basil singing anything. It was just in front of a kiosk that I saw him. I hope you're getting my point. So where you are mingling with brethren like that, faith is being boosted. I hope you're getting my point. A word of wisdom will come forth. I like a testimony Kennedy gave once. He said he was in his office. Then his secretary walked in. And they were doing something. Suddenly he started feeling his, his hands burning. It's as if the pain just hit his hand. He was, he was wondering, what is going on? You know, you move your hand, it's painful. As if it's, there's fire inside the bones. So he was wondering, what's going on? Normal office work, just, when the secretary walked in. Then he just hit him. He said, wait, do you have pain in your hands? Yeah, the lady said, yes, so in the last three days. Aha! He said, no one. They said, you have been healed. Go. And that was it. He just had that word of knowledge. There. 
And he said, oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. You have been healed. Go. And that's it. The woman was healed. There was no worship. She brought papers for him to sign. Please, I hope you're getting my point. Yes. So you just go and stay in your room. Say, you know, I like my space. I your space, eh? Space kill you there. Nonsense. <laughs> I hate your space. Let me tell what happens in your space. Satan will come there and talk to you. Has God really said? Say, this space, Satan, you're the only one that can come. I can't let any other person. Ah, Satan, say, that's why you are my friend. Bring all kinds of thoughts to you. You know, this country is finished. Yes, you're alone in your space. Nonsense. Throw away that space. There's nothing you are doing with it. Some, I know people that on their birthday, they switch off their phone. Nobody should call them. You should know you have a spirit of depression, spirit of heaviness. You can't rejoice over it, even your own birthday. You don't know anybody like that. Nobody can call them. They just disappear. Don't want anybody to celebrate. It's not that because it's not the money that's their problem. You just like that there. Because normally on, on birthdays, people will be calling you and visiting you. They don't want that. They just want to have their quietness. If you live beyond the age of 65, I don't know. In fact, something special must have kept you alive. One day, one woman went to a Nigerian wedding abroad. I heard. He was just confused. People like to dance too much. I said, that's why we don't have heart disease. What's wrong with you? Have you seen Yuboma's wedding? Everybody was mm, strictly by invitation. <laughs> they come the head one by one. Our own, eh? Look, cook the one you can afford. We'll manage it. Don't worry. But that door must be open. Let me just tell you a trick. Eh? You don't have to spend too much money on food in your wedding self. Spend money on music. Where's, where's DJ Slow Dog? Where is it? Where's Slow Bingo Apostle? <laughs> I hope you are saying that name. Also, tell him to go and change that name. Something more scriptural, you know? DJ Slow Hagios. No, DJ Hagios. You know what Hagios? Hebrew for holy. Is it he, is he Hebrew or Greek? Hagios. Yeah, no, it's Greek. It's Greek. DJ, sure you are hearing me. They say you are in the other hall. Your name is no longer Dog. Your name is. So call DJ Hagios. And when you point out, you made it just a dance. You know the good thing about it? All their problems will go away. And you distract them with dance, they will know there's no food. <laughs> The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Now, where I'm going to we're talking about um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Brethren, you need fellowship. You need to associate with brethren. You need to go to church. You need the church where they literally waste. When I say waste, please, you get it in context. All right? I'm, I'm not saying you sit down there and be watching children. They're running up and down. doing that. I mean, like, your, the message is, is long. The Reading of the Bible is that somebody will just come and read the scriptures. You understand what I'm saying? They will read it. You will sing songs, sing hymns. You will study the Bible. When I was young, we followed them to gospel faith mission those days. Services were like from morning to like one, two. The first one hour we are studying the scriptures. One hour. This one that you got it. No, it's morning. First, they finish prayer most of the time before we get there. We used to follow some people from, from school. First one out, they are studying the scriptures before service starts. Then service will now start with the normal. The preaching is still coming up. Please, that is how 
to have your faith built. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. That's how our faith to be built up. So, back to Daniel and Co. Is that constant faith they had in God, which, with which they said clearly, this is our God, we are sold out to him, we are not buying to another God. But all those declarations of, of course, being able to stand, listen, like I said, if they put cigarette lighter in your nose, you will bow. But they put a furnace in front of you, they did not bow, it's because the spirit of faith now took hold of them. And they could say confidently to the king, our God is able to deliver us. Why they said he will deliver us? People say they were declaring by faith. No, they were not declaring desire. That's what I want to emphasize. They were not declaring their desire. They were declaring what they had heard him say. Because there were other people that he didn't say that to. And he said to them clearly. And he didn't forget them. They stoned Stephen and he was watching. And he was watching. And we saw that he was there. And there were people... He literally gave visions of heaven. And, the ne- and that one, I don't have any doubt in my mind about it. Most of those matters, one reason why they could not be delivered, material, physically speaking, was because before that point, God gave them visions of heaven. They didn't want to stay on the earth. They were not interested. You are the ones saying, hey, they killed them for Christ. They did not know they were killed. They saw visions of heaven. Tell about the, 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 the sister. I, found, I met the whole family. That she was walking on the run. She just heard the voice. And then an angel, the spirit of God said to her, don't worry, I will take care of your father. She said, look like, what is that? Because the mother died shortly after that too. Oh, yes. But God said to her, don't worry, I will take care of your father. And then the Islamist, the father was a pastor, I think. The Islamist just, mom, one night, entered their house. Oh, yeah? And they put a knife to his neck. The siblings were there. The wife was there. They put a knife to his neck. And they told him to denounce the Lord. Otherwise, they are going to kill him. And they're going to give him time. So they started cutting his neck slowly so that he would be able to change his mind. They were cutting it slowly. And he started bleeding. And he said to them, claim that he can't. And they cut until they cut off his head. It was shocking to her, you know, because you heard the Lord say to you, don't worry, I'll take care of your father. So when I started thinking, okay, what was the Lord saying? Because the natural human reaction is, ah, then nothing, the knife will cut. And listen, there was one pastor in Joss, I have the video here, he gave his own testimony. One night they came to look for him at home, attacked his family, but he was not there. They beat the whole family. His wife went blind. She recovered his sight later. Exactly a year after. Exactly a year to the day they showed up again. This time around, he was at home. And then, of course, they came to kill. This wasn't just Islamists. They put a gun to his head. They were going to kill you. You know what he said to them? No problem. Give me time to pray. So he knelt down, began to pray. He doesn't know how long he prayed. It was when his children tapped him, Daddy, they've gone, that he realized he was still alive. God delivered him. He said what they saw, only eternity will tell. Listen, you can't force God to do it one way. That's the point I'm making. This other lady, they caught, they caught the man's neck and he died. 
after he has said to the daughter, don't worry, I will take care of your father. We reason, Pastor Courage and I, we reason about it. So, well, humanly speaking, you know, remember that girl? God has failed me again. Yes. <laughs> no. What God was just saying is, don't worry about your father. He will not deny me. He will depart in glory. Because, you know, slow pain, your children are there, your wife is there, you want to save your life. But Jesus said, no. I can just imagine Jesus looking at him like this. He and the Lord are looking at each other. The terrorist thing, they are cutting somebody who's feeling the pain. They didn't know somebody was being covered by a glory that they cannot see. That was why the Bible said they rejected deliverance for a better resurrection. Is, look, this faith is not faith of, ah, just make up my mind. delivered. <laughs> Listen, you will never be delivered except you are ready to die. How did they overcome Satan? They did not love their lives even when faced with death. We want to use faith to love our lives. One brother said, last look up, I went to <laughs> when I was speaking. I called him. I said, oh boy, I hope you don't talk that kind of nonsense again. I laugh. <laughs> In open, everybody, you know, the way people plenty for local, will be like, maybe about 600 people. You know, why are you quite plenty? I said, no. I, said oh, I just called him. I said, hey, bro, you see they there? I said, nobody to write that rubbish that time. I said, is that laughing? I said, I'm sure you don't talk that nonsense anymore. He said, no, sir, I don't. <laughs> he, he posted for us that, you see, why John died was because he didn't have this revelation. And Stephen would not have died except that I said, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. I said, what? Are you all right? <laughs> we attacked him two times. I said, my friend, will you stop talking nonsense? I said, the problem is that you love this life so much and you have not seen heaven. That's why you can tell me that Stephen said, oh, Lord, you see the glory of God, you won't want anything down here. You, you, you see God. Look, some of people are sick. Eh? I've said, could they pray? Say, God, please, this man that's sick, don't show him heaven. I beg. Because if they take a glance, they so forget you, you won't believe the man ever loved you as a woman. Once he looks at the glory that surpasses, all that romance and love is like nothing. That thing attracts. It's pulling him. God has to shut the communication. Otherwise, boom, the guy will leave. Whether they want him there or they don't want him there. Oh, I haven't seen anything. When this earth holds everything for us, you get my point? And I said that, that Stephen died because he said, into your hand I commit my spirit. If he had just held on to faith and said, I shall live and not die. And do what? What's that? And then I do what? Complete of eh? And declare what? He would have declared it for maybe 60 years and forgotten it. 2,000 years later, he's still declaring it. It's not in your Bible. That Abel, by faith, even though he's dead, yet he speaks. It's your scriptures like that. That even though Abel is dead, right now, he's still talking. Where am I going? I shall live and not die. For what purpose? That purpose was fulfilled in the life of Stephen. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. Stephen died there, yet the purpose was fulfilled. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel only lived because they were ready to die. That's why Jesus said, those who want to preserve their lives are the ones that will lose it. So faith at such times is breathed, like we said, as what? A spirit. It's an impartation from heaven. It's not something you get by your own energy. It's an impartation from heaven. 
But we were saying the other day, how do we prepare to receive that impartation? Let's just go over that again briefly. Abraham, the ultimate in the life of Abraham was what? The sacrifice of Isaac, thank you. The ultimate in the life of Abraham was the sacrifice of Isaac. So God was building him up to be able to give up Isaac. What God was doing with Abraham was to build him until he have the faith to give Isaac. Remember we said things that faith does. He gives up things. I was emphasizing that. And one I didn't say is that it also receives from God. When God gives a promise, faith is what downloads the promise into your life. So when God said, Abraham never went to God to say, God, give me a child. You don't find that in your scriptures. The idea of Abraham having a child was God's idea. What Abraham said is, what do you give me, seeing that I go childless? So God gave him a promise, and that promise was downloaded into the life of Abraham by faith. We said, very importantly, faith gives things up. So the faith that God started the life of Abraham with, remember, how does faith come? The scriptures, how does it come? It's when God speaks to you that faith enters your heart. Now, there are two kinds of hearing. I need to emphasize that. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing. And there is a hearing that hears but doesn't understand. There's a first level hearing, you just hear it. But there's a kind of hearing in which your heart is prepared that when the word comes, let it be to me according to your word. That's your baseline way of walking. That's what's called faith coming by what? Hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing does not mean I keep on hearing, I keep on hearing, I hear, I hear, I play the message ten times. Those are auxiliaries to building faith. But hearing by hearing simply means I am not hearing like those who hear. Like James said that, don't be a hearer only. So that's the first type of hearing. What is what? What is that? Hearer only. There are those who just hear for the sake of hearing. They can quote everything the pastor has said, but doesn't change their lives at all. Is the way they heard it. Is the way they heard it. It's an illustration I used to explain that. That is one of our sisters, all right? Brilliant student she was in secondary school. In, the, in fact, one day somebody saw her with my wife. And my wife was telling me later that uh, the lady was telling her, ah, that this, this, um, this, this um, young lady were in school together. Very brilliant. That was a testimony you just saw in church. I said, ah, you, ah, you know her? Oh, she was my friend in school. Very brilliant. Some day she was in our house. And I was doing something. I asked her to help me hold some wires while I was walking. She now said, sir, how come I was doing electrical? <laughs> I do all kinds of things. So now I was doing electrical connections in my house. I was trying to explain some. I was trying to correct something. There was no light in the part they want in my one of the rooms in the house. So I was trying to I could I didn't know why there was no power. You know, put bulb there, it won't work. Everything seems to be working. So I determined through one long process that there is a break in the in the in the neutral line. And that the live line was okay because I tested it was okay. So I said okay what I would do is that I now took wire, went there and ran a single line, wire to the neutral of a socket nearby. So that that will, um, that will fix that. Now, in case you're wondering what happened, when we were parking out of the house, when I saw what really happened, inside the wardrobe, one socket, one fitting was removed. So that discontinued the wire. But because I wardrobe, we never saw it until the day we parked out of the house. So I was just trying to do, now, I don't know if you are looking at what is he talking about? Exactly how she was looking at me. What are you talking about? And I said, 
how do you know all of these things? So I now said to her, didn't you do physics in secondary school? Which exactly, that was where I learned it from. I didn't, I didn't go to electrical school. I didn't, just, you know, just, I learned basic physics, and the young men would just fiddle around. I said, that's all. So when I told her, I said, didn't you do physics in secondary school? And she said to me, now, I, I emphasize to you that she's a very, she was a brilliant student. She said to me, physics, that one is for book now. I said, oh, these are Christians get it wrongly. Many people come to the scriptures. They hear it, but it's for book. They are the type that will tell you that, look, leave the scriptures, let it be practical. Yeah. I said to her that day, I said, no, it's real life. The physics they taught you in school is normal life. I said, normal life. And that's what happens. A lot of people hear scripture, but the scripture is for quoting. It's, for, it's something to utter when you want to pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're having this conversation with your friend. But real life is something else. People have called you on radio. <laughs> Remember that clown? There's one clown that calls you from Walker. And when I come also, he calls me too. He, will always, he won't miss the program. He will always call, but he doesn't believe nothing. There are all kinds of human beings walking around this country. He called, and one day I was speaking on World versus World. He called, and he said, the problem is fear. If you get rid of fear, religion will die. I said, it's like telling me, the problem is hunger. If you get rid of hunger, farming will die. Do you get what I'm saying? If you can get rid of hunger, there's no need for food. How do you get rid of hunger? Is it not food? The man said something that day. I didn't answer you. I just said, I said, Okay, so I just said, obviously you don't believe in God. I don't have an answer for you. That was the only answer I gave him. I was say, when you're the presence of a fool, quickly disconnect. Don't waste your time. <laughs> a foolish man sits in his heart. I didn't have time for him. I quickly disconnected. A lot of Christians come to church. They hear everything you are saying. They say, let's be practical. This is Nigeria. Everything they tell you in scriptures is, is for the book. That's what they call hearers only. That's what they call hearers only. They heard everything. <laughs> I have a classmate. Eh? I respect. They, look, if I toss one scripture, he'll finish it for me. He doesn't believe in God. Very brilliant. In fact, when we were in school, I didn't know he was that brilliant. One day I had to say to my, one of my, I just said to my class, okay, I said, Man, let's be honest, jokes aside, this fellow is extremely brilliant and knowledgeable. I know he smiled. And I wasn't joking. Because he will quote proverbs for you in at least four Nigerian languages. He can quote Shakespeare and he can quote the Bible. If I say something that doesn't agree with you, give me a scripture to show that what I'm saying is not correct. And I will warn him against giving me a scripture. Because he does, and he doesn't believe in it. He doesn't. And doesn't joke about it. He doesn't, he's not joking. He doesn't hide it. But no, he knows it. That's what they call hearers only. So James said, be doers and not hearers only. Now, doers, please get this. They are not people that do the word per se. They are those that believe the word so much, it comes out of their lives as actions. So Paul said the same thing James was saying another way. He said, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing is the opposite of hearers only. There are those, and literally, if you read the Bible, when God will speak to Moses, what he will say is, if you shall 
diligently hearken. You read in King James. Some Bible will say, if you can obey. No, what Moses said literally is that if you shall hear and hear. That the literal Hebrew is if you shall hear and hear. He said, if you shall hear, hearing. That's how they say it. The voice of the Lord thy God. He didn't tell you to obey. He said, if you shall hear, hearing. So, the thing about hearing and hearing is that there's a kind of hearing in which what you are saying is that this word that is coming forth is for me to adhere to. It's the same way you take a doctor's prescription. It's not for paper only. When it gives it to you, you check. How many tablets? Two. How many times? Twice a day. How many days? Six days. Sometimes you have to put your alarm. That's what they call hearing and hearing. Let's call it reading and reading. You know, when you collect it, you've not bought the drugs yet. But you are, you know, you just know. If you lose the paper, you start looking for it. Where's that prescription? The doctor gave it to me this morning. You know, you're looking for it. That's what they call hearing and hearing. That attitude is what drinks of the spirit of faith. That attitude, attitude is what drinks of the spirit of faith. So I was saying, so Abraham, faith came into him when God spoke to him. He didn't go to God and say, God, give me it. No. He said, what do you give me seeing that I go childless? Then God said, no. No. It won't go like that. Indeed, your wife will bear you a son. And that generated a new expectation for Abraham. But for Abraham to be able to have enough faith to receive Isaac, we're saying, for him to have enough faith to be able to eventually give up Isaac, God had to make room in his heart for faith. How did he do it? Number one. What's number one? Leave your father's house. If you don't leave that your father's house, the kind of thing they will tell you every day you will not be able to believe. That's it. The kind of things they will tell you every day, what was he saying? You won't be able to believe. Him. They will sit you down and say, hmm, I know God spoke to you, but it doesn't mean you will not be wise. Do you get my point? So God said, please, leave the amidst. Just leave there first. So Abraham left. But he took a lot with him. So one day, God orchestrated events and Lord left. As soon as Lord left, God, the word of the Lord came to him, boosting his faith. Now look to the north, the east, the south, the west. Just look everywhere. Whatever your eyes see, that I have given to you. And Abraham believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. Faith was breathed into him. Then one day, Isaac came. I'm just trying to be quick. Or Ishmael came. Hagar had to go at a point in time. Hagar returned the first time because the angel said, go back. Then when Ishmael was born, after some time, Isaac was born. The two were growing together, and God said, no, it won't work. Then Sarah said, let this woman go and her son. And God said to Abraham, listen to the voice of your wife. If he did not let Ishmael go at that point, he would not have been able to receive the faith to sacrifice Isaac. So basically, all his life, he was giving up something to make room for faith. I hope you're getting my point. All his life, he was giving up something to make room for faith. Now, what I'm adding to that discussion today, all right, is that there is a kind of life we need to live. The hearing and hearing life, the giving up life, which is the whole aim of our faith. That is, no, not the whole aim. I withdraw that. The whole, the, ah, which one do I look, use now? Okay, let me explain it, all right? That is, that is the level of faith we are to strive for. As for the big faith, it will be impacted. We don't have to worry about it. I hope you're getting my point. That is, will I sacrifice Isaac? Don't worry. God will make sure you can. 
Will I be able to stand if tested? Don't worry. God will make sure you will stand. He's able to make you stand. But all the while, on a daily basis, what exactly are you going to be looking for? I hope you're getting my point. There's an attitude which you live life in which you have opened your whole life for faith to enter. And that's what I mean by how to increase your faith. Now let me just add this one to it again. I said it before. Faith is something you have or you don't have. If you have it, it works. If you don't have it, go and get it. I hope you're getting my point. It is, now, it is not ability to be stubborn. Please, I need to keep saying this. It's not how to make sure my desire is I made up my mind what God must do for me and I'm going to declare that he has done. That's not what faith is. If you say, come and carry a 50 kg bag of cement. I hope you know there's no goju inside. Is that you can carry it? Or you can't carry it? But if you can't carry it today, you know you can do something so that over the next six weeks you'll be able to carry it. So when the time comes for faith to be exercised, if it is not there, it is not there. It's not by the, you can't just make up your mind. I, I've made up my mind. I'm going to believe. That's why, for example, if somebody is sick, you want to believe God for healing. How do I say it? You have to be ready for a process. Because if you have the faith, it will work. If it doesn't work, don't be angry with anybody. Quickly start building it on a regular basis. And remember, how do we build it? Faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing and hearing. Now, this hearing is definitely is hearing, but it's a type of hearing. Now, please, just bear that in mind. Now, what I want to remind us of is this. Two people in the Bible, the Bible Jesus said they had great faith. For times they will not open to it, I'm, I'm watching my time. Who are those people? And centurion. In, Roman, in Matthew chapter 8, you read about the centurion. From verse 5, And when Jesus entered Capernaum, and the centurion came to him, imploring him, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. In verse 10, now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. Let's just stop reading here so as to save time. I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. Again, Matthew chapter 15. Let's just read that second one. Let's read um, quickly. We'll jump down because it's much longer. From verse 21, Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer a word. And the disciples came and employed him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. His answer was that I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and bowed, began to bow before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord, even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to the woman, He said to her, O woman, your faith 
is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. I want to, let me just spend a few minutes on this and then we'll be done for today. Please notice two things here. One, that's not what I want to emphasize. Now, first, both of them were not Jews. They were not Israelites. The first man was a Roman. We didn't finish reading that. Jesus had to use it to warn the Israelites. Say, look, outsiders were coming. The sons will be rejected. He warned them. This woman was not, that woman is Syrophoenician woman. She was not a Jew, which was the reason why he didn't answer her in the first place. Okay? But you notice something, both parties, each one was praying for somebody else. It's, it's key. You should bear that in mind. Each person was praying for somebody else. It was not their personal desires. One was praying for his servant. The other was praying for her daughter. That's very important. Okay, but I'm not going to stay on that issue of love now. It's the other thing that their faith showed I wanted to understand. Both of them, their faith showed understanding of spiritual principles. Did you get it? Look at it. The first one said that, look, I'm a man under authority. There's a way spiritual things work. If you utter a word, you know, that was what he displayed, the understanding of spiritual things. The woman too, the same thing. They say you can't give food of the children to dogs. And then she again said, look, yes, that is true, but look at the principle here. When dogs, when children eat, crumbs fall, it is thrown out, the dogs can feed on that, can't they? Said yes. And Jesus said, oh, great is your faith. And that's what I want to get to. I said something in the beginning, when we started this series. That faith, one of the things about faith is the knowledge of the character of God. I'll be getting my point. Now, you hear me say some things to the glory of God. I'm not trying to be sound them uh, pompous. But there are times I tell you something, and I'm talking. I somebody said this. I said, I believe that thing. God doesn't smoke. You've heard me say many times. I said, well, I said, I don't believe it. There are times people will tell me something. I said, it's not possible. He said that one woman was going on the road. They just touched a child on the road, and then the child became sick, and then the child died. So that don't let anybody touch your child if you're on the way. You know, I just said, I said, get away. <laughs> you know, I dismiss it. So if I'm going on the way, and I'm carrying a child, I'm a woman, and I need to carry my load, put it in my can. Somebody said, maybe the person who, who, maybe the barrow boy, said, let me hold him for you. I will let him hold him. And I load my car, and I collect my child back. I say, thank you very much. I go. Say, what if he, have, he will have stolen the lacquer of the boy? There's nothing like that. <laughs> that he will use the boy's destiny for his own. You know, there are things people will pray about. They go to church and go and pray about. I just say that. It can't happen. Why? I said, spiritual transactions don't happen without a choice on your part concerning something moral. I have to steal that boy's money. It has to have a petition against me. I hope you're getting my point. Maybe I had a contract that you are going to roll with me the whole day, carrying my load from one shop to the other. At the end of the day, I'm going to pay you 3000 naira. Then I will finish. Now, nothing to say, sorry, all I have here is one five. Will you take it? Then he can go to God and say, avenge me of my adversary. I said, have I done anything like that to him? That's rich. No, no. Let me not spend too much time on that. But I explained all of these things. And so when you tell me that, and I just tell you, forget it. That forget it is not based on negligence. It's based on understanding. 
I say it doesn't happen. People will come to me and say, pray for me. There's a young lady, I keep on telling her story. I went to preach in Anambra. She came and said, Pastor, pray for me. I said, pray about what? That she ate something in her dream. It's now been in her chest. She's affected. She's suspecting that her mother is introduced, her mother that gave her an egg to eat in the dream. So that, what do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do? I should pray for her so that what? The egg will leave your chest. I told her, I said, listen, my friend. Show you here when they introduce me. She said, yes. You heard that I'm a doctor, right? He said, yes. I said, let me give you the word for it. He said, psychiatric word. I said, we'll call it globus hystericus. He said, what? I said, there's nothing in your chest. It's when you watch too many home movies that the thing entered your chest. You are afraid. There's nothing there. It's a mental issue. I said, nobody can initiate into witchcraft without your consent. If you want to come and do party in my dream, I will chop. I don't have a problem with it. I, I will eat. I will eat. I will dance. You're talking about dream. Physically, self, I will chop. We are talking about dream. Physical food, bros. I will eat without asking questions. Say that woman that saved people, she's a witch. I say, ah, she's about, she's close to the kingdom. If you can save a man of God and you're a witch, you're close to the kingdom. You're about to give your life to Christ. I will eat everything and bless you. I say, as you have fed me in the name of Jesus, every evil in your life, out. He that feeds a prophet will receive what? So what is that you talking about here now? <laughs> now, it, it will be like faith, right? But it's actually, well, to me, I didn't think I was operating faith. I'm just operating based on what? Knowledge and understanding. Where am I going with this whole talk? You want your faith to increase? <laughs> you have to deliberately go for what? Knowledge and understanding. The faith we use to start. Now, I think, see, spiritual things are interesting. Do you know in the realm of the spirit, listen to this carefully. Ignorance, when you are supposed to have knowledge, is taken as a sin. It's an accusable item. <laughs> yeah. A petition can be filed against you based on it. Why? It's in scripture. You see, the Bible makes it clear that there is a time you are supposed to be mature, yet you are still a babe needing milk. God takes that as an offense. Let me say it again. The Lord himself takes it as an offense that when you are supposed to have spiritual maturity, you are still needing milk. It's a problem. An accusation against you based on it can stand. I have to stop here. I'll develop this further next time. God helping me. Knowledge, you know what God says? No, these days, I was driving the other day, I saw prophetic activation, all of that, some all kinds of things. People are posing. You know, one reason why, if we do programs, I don't like my face in flyers again, especially those big balls, big, uh, billboards. People now, go, you know, it's, people are funny. They won't ask me for photo. You know what they will now do? They will go online, download a picture that I took 15 years ago when I was looking ignorant and. <laughs> They will not put on a billboard. So everybody in there, one small boy is coming to preach. I'm looking at them saying, look, please, if you are listening to me, if you ever, if, whoa, I'm warning you, if you put my face that you did not collect from us on a billboard, I'm not coming again. Because they will think I'm an imposter. You know, the pastor that's come supposed to be young and handsome, not this grandfather that you become, I'm careful us here. <laughs> that's just by the way. One reason why I don't like my face on posters eh, is because of false prophets. 
the plenty. You can imagine, you see a billboard. Ministry, Pastor Bank, you put my face there. The billboard, 10 meters away, is David Elijah. Doesn't make sense. Then you now see Fufa in another picture with T.B. Joshua as his uh, watermark. And all of us are on the same row of, you know, I, I just look like a false prophet. I just be seeing myself prophesying. So when I went to Port I said, brethren, brethren, remove my face, remove my face. I look too much like those who are doing killing witchcraft annually. People are looking for prophecy just to change their lives and point to who is doing them. They don't know. The only faith that will sustain you in freedom and victory, it comes from understanding. It comes from knowledge. And that's why God said, when I want to help you, this is what I'm going to do. I will give you pastors after my heart who will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. Peter said, listen, yes, they had false prophets then. He said, now what do you have? False teachers. That the emphasis of God for the new creation is teaching, not prophecy. This they would like to just say, hey, when somebody's, ah, that South African prophet confused me. Every time he's prophesying, he, could, he can see vision. The day I knew it was false, a number of things happened. One, he now said that, who's the person? He said, okay, he will now do like this on his tab. And the face of your, somebody will now show on and say, now don't do digital art, Abby. Prophetic digital. Yes, he used to do it. He said, okay, who's the person you're talking about? What if I capture him for you? Will you believe that? He'll do like this. Boom. They'll now show you. Is that him? He said, yes, Papa. Yes, Papa. Yes, Papa. <laughs> this, this dude who okay, lives in a cave. <laughs> he does. Anything you tell him, we look surprised. You hang, I also know every bad thing happening in Nigeria just before he goes. <laughs> he will tell you. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> Listen, don't be deceived. You don't need all of those things. What you need is to understand God. Let me end with this definition again. I, really, when I define this, explain for a minute, then we'll close. He said, he that comes to God must believe that what? Peace. Next line. Say reward. Let's talk about reward. What, do you, what are you looking for? There's one song Kirk Franklin sang. I love that song. He said, what are you looking for? The Lord was one ask, asking. He said, what are you looking for? I'm the one you are looking for. Now, many of us, we don't understand what we are looking for. Many of us are looking for God, it seems, so we can get married. Are you catching it? Yes, sir. We are looking for God so we can prosper. We are looking for God so we won't go to hellfire. It looks noble, but you want to hear the truth, you won't have faith like that. You won't. What do you call reward? I'll tell you. What must be your quest? He said, Paul said it's simple. Is that I may what? Know him. When God wants to reward you, he shows himself to you. Yes. That, no, that's what he does. I pray we understand the meaning of the knowledge of God. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they will know you. You know what, I, what, it, what it means? Now, this is not the aim. I don't want to confuse people. Let me just explain. The one that really knows God, the whole of the universe is under his control. And when he knows God, eh? When that fellow knows God, nothing troubles the fellow anymore. That was why you see Jesus Christ. He didn't pursue what everybody... You know, you know what he did to Peter? Let me explain what they call faith. What Jesus did to Peter. He came to Peter. Peter you know, three times he called Peter. People think that the moment Peter saw Jesus Christ, he started running after him. It's not true. Most times Jesus, Peter, Jesus called Peter. Eh? Peter will come for church service and go back 
after. Next time, Jesus will come again. Okay, let me ask you. Was he meeting Peter for the first time when he begged for his boat? Answer now. Was he meeting Peter for the first time? What was Peter doing with the boat? Are you getting it? When did he meet Peter for the first time? After baptism. John baptized Jesus. And he left. John looked at Peter and Cody, they were his disciples. said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. Peter said, eh. They ran after Jesus. Master, where do you live? They followed him. They got home. And they stayed with him overnight. That's when they got to know him. After that, they went back to fishing. That was why when he came to preach, he said, lend me your boat. He had been telling Peter, follow me. Peter said, you know that I have to take care of my family. You know, I have a mother-in-law now. She's old now. She's staying with us. I have to take care of her. And my wife born twins last week. They need to eat. He said, look, I said, this boy doesn't get it. Follow me. He said, no. So that day, so you come for Bible study. They used to help Jesus out. They used to follow Jesus to baptize. Go and read it. They were helping him baptize. Then they would go back home. Jesus said, that's not the work I have for you. The work I have for you is full, what we call full-time ministry. You have to follow me everywhere. You are supposed to be a fisher of men. So he said, okay, this is how I will prove to you. What are you looking for? No problem. Fish. So he entered his boat that they finished preaching. It's all right. Cast your net on this side. Peter said, Master, we thought all night we didn't catch anything. He said, that's the point I'm making. All this your attorney will not make you rich. Just watch it. Now, do what I have said. He said, okay, nevertheless, at thy word. He cast the net. He drew out so much fish. The net began to break. They had to call for help. What's the next thing he did? He said, depart from me, for I'm a sinner. Just said, now you've gotten to the point. From now on, you will become a fisher of men. That was when Peter finally agreed to follow him. Now, the question is that, how did he succeed? By giving, establishing him in business? No. He showed him that, listen, what you are looking for is not in toil. That's all. After Peter saw that, Peter realized that there is no need to labor. That anything we do in life must be because of an assignment. He proved to Peter that you don't have to struggle like this by giving him a miracle. And as soon as he gave him that miracle, he said, Peter, now let's go. Can we leave all this struggling behind? What am I going to say? There's a knowledge of God you have. Eh? When you are waking up in the morning to go to work, you will know, I just want to go and bless people. I'm not going to look for food. If it was food, I would do like this. God will bring food here. I'm leaving my house not because I'm hungry, but because I have to be a blessing. That's what they call command. You will get to that level only through knowing God. So the time they sent Paul stuff, Paul said, I appreciate everything you people sent to. Big offering, a lot of money. Thank you. And they didn't only send money. They sent a human being, Epaphroditus. Say, you want to know the truth? Before you sent, and after now, I remained the same. Why? Let me put my own words. I operate at the level where lack, to me, is a blessing. Oh, Father God, help us understand. He said, this thing you are complaining about is a blessing. When you brought money to solve the lack, you just shifted the position of blessing. Everything for me is a blessing. If there's food, it's a blessing. If there's no food, it's a blessing. If the AC is working, it's a blessing. If the AC is working, is not working, is a blessing. That there is nothing. He said, as far as I'm on, listen, my life, eh? all things work together for good. 
So if you give me this, it's working together for good, right? You remove it and give me this. It's still working together for good, but another way. I won't hold on to this. Don't take it. Don't take it. There's good in it. The one you are replacing it with also has good. Even though it looks bad to some people. I hope you're catching me. So that was why when God came to Moses, what do you want? He said, show me your glory. And that will be sufficient for me. If you come to most of us, what do you want? Ah, okay. Is it only the lad that will be renting for $6 million? I want my own money. I didn't come to this life to suffer. And so a person could go to this life, didn't travel, we won't travel abroad. When we get to heaven, won't you be angry with us? And God will just look and say, and this one to cause himself my child. <laughs> they asked Moses, what do you want? Moses said, just show me your glory. That's all I want. They asked Philip, what do you want? He said, show us the Father. It will be sufficient for us. Many of us, knowing God is not sufficient for us. It's the reason why our faith is weak. Let's leave it there. Bow your heads and pray. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Oh, pray one prayer. Say, Lord, teach me to be sufficient with the knowledge of you. It's important. When those people knew God, they understood spiritual precepts. Great faith was natural, was easy for them. Let me put it that way. It was easy for God to breathe faith into them. I remember once, my wife and I, that's when we married that time, we saw a picture of the, of the what name of this magazine? Something, is it mirror? Mirror, yes, I remember. And there was a hand who handed a woman a child. The revelation we got from it is that, no, 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 no. Children are given by God. There's no method. It's a gift of God. There's a way you will have a revelation. Ah, my father. Say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know your glory. That's my prayer point. Lord, I just want to know you.